1: visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
2: As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off, Wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hi everybody and welcome to Who Dead What Now? The history podcast that's not your history class. With me, your host, Katie Charlwood, History harlot and reader of books. Bi- now, before we get into this episode, I would just like to say to, you know, all of the people who have issues with language, and my language specifically, this is not your history class. There are a bunch of other history podcasts which have a lot, you know, neater language than mine, and if you don't like words like piss, fuck, or bollocks, probably best you bugger off now, right, because... This is just how it is. You don't like it? That is up to you. For everyone else, hey, did you miss me? I know it's been so long since the last episode. What happened? I went to Kansas. Well, I actually went to New Jersey first and a wonderful history teacher took me down to the the boardwalk. So I actually met a professor and then a teacher. So I... (laughs) Because my fans are history people, which is super fun. So... (laughs) Uh, professionals. So I went down to the Jersey boardwalk and it was really nice. I don't get why everybody was complaining so much. I was getting messages going, careful, that Jersey, it's a shithole. And I'm like going along the boardwalk. There's like vintage stores and ice cream and hot dogs that I never got to eat. But I want to go back to New Jersey to get some Nathan's hot dogs. And I don't care. I want to do it. It looks like delicious. But I'm like looking at all this like architecture and you know, people are skateboarding and it's just very chill. I don't know, it was very nice. I quite liked it. It was quite a good time. And I don't know how else to exp- explain sort of like New York and New Jersey, like the suburbs versus like cities. And all I can say is it was very much What I expected it to be. I was really surprised when I got to Kansas though because it was bloody gorgeous. It was really, really nice. People are like, why'd you go to Kansas? It's beautiful there. You should all go to Kansas. Uh, If you haven't been to the Gaia retreat, it is so just beautiful there. It was hot as fuck, but but like, uh, we were taking like siestas in the middle of the day just because. It was too hot. Like there was nap time. Uh so have lunch, go for a nap. That's how we worked it. But I had such a wonderful time at the Heartland Pagan Festival and I know its current form is changing. And I don't know what it's changing to, but I would absolutely go again and I would I would pay to stay in a cabin. I I did get to stay in one as an honored guest. Um but I I I can't really do tents anymore because of my back problems because I've got scoliosis and that just doesn't work for me as a general rule, and it was so much fun because uh, when we were we were there, um, I was sharing with the Fawns. So they're two girls who they dress up as Fawns, and they're, they're fabulous. So Kelly and Whitney, Oh, I had such a wonderful time, and we just had the best time. But we were there one day, and one of the girls in the in the kitchen was like, "Where's Emily? What's Emily like?" And everyone's like, who the fuck is Emily? Like, who is this Emily person she keeps talking about? She thought my name was Emily. <laughs> so I ended <laughs> So I ended up with this um, American persona called Emily. And Emily has vocal fry. And Emily pronounces words incorrectly. I am mean, I know I pronounce words incorrectly because of my accent, but Emily loves these jalapenos and the tortillas. <laughs> like Emily's so white. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm white, but, like, Emily is so white. I had such It's <laughs> such a good time. But honestly, Aaron and Tara and Savannah, Amy and, oh, Safety John and... and Jeremy. Jeremy with the puppies. I just... Oh. Oh, it was so... <laughs> this one time, at Pagan Camp, I cannot convey to you how much fun this was. I mean, I did see a lot of boobs and a lot more genitalia than I was anticipating I would see. You know, because there are actually signs up in certain areas going, like, you know, you need to be dressed to be here. Like, you need to be clothed in order to be in this, like, location. But I had such a wonderful time and I I honestly would do so much to get back. I would, I would love to go back there, just to holiday. Because it's just so wonderful. But I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, quote, your jibber-jabber, in fact me. In fact you, I will. But first, we've got to get our source on. Mary Jane Kelly and the Victims of Jack the Ripper by Nell Shildon, The Hidden Lives of Jack the Ripper's Victims by Robert Hume. The Complete History of Jack the Ripper by Philip Sugden. Metropolitan Police 3-140. Police Investigation, Polly Nichols, Annie Chapman, Mary Jane Kelly. Metropolitan Police, 3 141, Notting Report into the Murders. Palace and Hovel Phases of London Life by Daniel Joseph Carwin. Plain Prostitutes and Ordinary Citizens Commercial Sex in London, 1885 1960 by Julia Late. The Five by Halle Rubenhold. And of course, we have The Echo, Police News, Pall Mall Gazette, Evening Star, and The Telegraph. Are you sitting comfortably? Good, then let's begin. So this final episode in the five canonical victims of Jack the Ripper. So this is about Mary Jane Kelly and it's tough because she's known as the last canonical victim of Jack the Ripper. I don't think she is. And I have a special guest later on who's going to come and help me elaborate that. But that's the case. That being said, Mary Jane Kelly is probably the most elusive of every victim that we have dealt with thus far. Because we know Jack. We know absolutely nothing about her. Sorry, excuse the pun. But we don't. Every piece of information we have is definitely second, third hand. There are very few documents related to her existence. Very few indeed. And we're basically running off a rumour mill. It's whispers and hints and stories. There is very little concrete evidence which has led a lot of people to, you know, consider one option or the other and to assume that something happened one way or the other. And with Mary Jane, like her early life, we don't know. We don't know her date of birth, we don't know where she lived, we don't know how she was brought up, we don't know what type of family she had. Now, the story she tells, she tells different people different tales, as far as we know. Because, again, we're getting it second, third hand, and a lot of this information is coming through, you know, interviews for paper or in the inquest after her death, you know. It's things like that. So, she may have been born in Ireland and then moved to Wales. She may have been from Wales her whole life. Like, we're not sure. There was a Mary Jane Kelly who was baptised in Limerick and whose family did emigrate. Now, this could have been another Mary Jane Kelly. This could very well be a case of mistaken identity, or not mistaken identity, stolen identity, identity theft. It could very well be. There's no guarantee one way or the other. But there are literally no Welsh census records pertaining to this. And if Mary Jane was who she said she was, she would show up in at least one census record. So, she tells people that she was married to a coal miner called Davies or Davis, which is fairly common, decent Welsh name. There's no record of them. There's no record of their marriage. So, if she was in a relationship with him, it was more like a common law thing as opposed to an actual marriage. But again... The census records, they don't show anything. We have nothing. And as a historian, may I tell you, this is incredibly frustrating because she was a person and her story deserves to be told. But we don't really know it. Maybe she didn't want anybody to know it, and then in which case it's none of her bloody business, is it? Now whether she was with Davies or wasn't with Davies, whether they split up or he died or whatever happened, Because apparently, it was like she was like 16, so she says, when she married him. And then after this, she ends up moving to London. Now, although our information is very much second, third hand, we can use this a wee bit to get a wee grasp of what Mary Jane was like. I mean, we know that probably her name wasn't Mary Jane, and she probably didn't come from Ireland. So, when she arrives in London in 1883, there are a few things that we get from her. She's well educated. She can read. She is articulate. And she can draw. Now, she's noted as being, a, you know, a good artist that she can draw quite well. Now, I mean, this could have been a talent that she picked up, you know, here and there. But in girls' schools, drawing was something that was that was very much put forward. So if she was, you know, from a wealthier area and from a wealthy school, chances are she would have had art lessons. She would have had that. Because of the way that she talked about the places that she had lived, we can can surmise that she did live in Cardiff before she lived in London. And she does tell uh, one of her lovers that, that she had a long stay in a hospital in Wales. Now, if she was in a public hospital, a public funded hospital, we would have a record of where she'd been. Especially if she was under her, her own name, if Mary Jane was her name. But this isn't there. So either she was there under an assumed name, or there was the possibility she was put into a <clears throat> asylum. I know, terms. But that's kind of what happened when wealthier girls ended up in, you know, situations out of wedlock, so if she had been pregnant and given birth in one of these institutions, she very well could have been from an upper-class family who had that, but the shame of that, for whatever reason, meant that she couldn't go back. Because of their particular perceptions on purity and womanhood and everything like that in the era, she would have been shamed, and so going back to her family, may not have been an option for her. And so going to the place where there's a lot of people and a lot more opportunities, she ends up in London. Now, one thing people say about her is, apart from the fact that she's meant to be beautiful, she's quite young, so she's younger than everyone else we've dealt with so far. She's meant to be in her 20s. And she's got, perhaps, auburn hair. There is stories of it being dyed with henna, but we're not entirely sure about that but she's pretty she's young and she doesn't really have an accent now in order to not have an accent that has to be like pushed out of you you have to be trained not to have an accent so i don't know if you've ever noticed this but you get a lot of people who would be like i don't really have an accent like in scotland for years people would say, I didn't have an accent, but you hear it. And a good friend of mine actually commented on, on my voice the other day and he was like, yeah, your accent just flipped in the middle of a conversation. I'm like, yeah, I, I do that. So sometimes it'll become more Scottish and sometimes it becomes a little bit more Irish, just depending on location and and what I'm talking about. and if the, It's I didn't realise I did it for so long, but I do it. But yeah, uh, so if if she grew up, in England, and had elocution lessons, there was every possibility that she would you know, not have an accent. I'm not saying I had elocution lessons, by the way, I was just told to speak properly. <laughs> My grand, her family's from the Highlands, and yeah, this is kind of how things end up. But yeah, with Mary Jane, she was, how would I put this, well-spoken. And no one ever assumed she was any other nationality. And they wouldn't even consider it. Like, it wasn't a possibility to them until she told them. Like, she would tell people she was Irish. She was Welsh. But she didn't have an accent. Like, she didn't have anything, like, any lults or anything that related to that. Uh, you'll see a lot of, like, movies and stuff that, and documentaries is when they, when they, you know, do portray her. They always give her this kind of fake Irish accent, and it's always weird. But yeah, elocution is always one option, but there's always the possibility that because accents, especially in the UK, they're incredibly regional, so she could have just hidden it, disguised it, but again, she would need to be... I'm not saying she would need to be of a certain class to do that, but in order to pronounce things a certain way and not fall into certain colloquial habits, she would have to know how to do that. So there's always the possibility that she was from a wealthier family from a certain area and, you know, either couldn't go back or didn't want information to go back to them. But again, this is all guesswork because we don't know. What we do know is that she arrived in London in 1883. So she somehow gets a job, um, you know, as a high-end sex worker under a madam in London. And these aren't easy positions to get. Being being a sex worker in these kind of areas up in like Haymarket and Piccadilly. Piccadilly? That's, that's a sauce. Piccadilly. She would really need to have something special or some kind of n. So her name even fluctuates a little bit here. So sometimes she's known as Mary Jane and sometimes Marie Jeanette. And it's quite possible she also spoke French, which you can learn you know in certain areas in life. But again, you know French was't you know an international language of, of commerce, of business, of dealings. So it was quite a common language for again, wealthier girls to learn. So anyway, in the 1880s in London, these these madams, they would be called procuresses. So it wasn't just come in, women lie on your back, you know, and out, out and out, insert, remove, repeat, next person. It was kind of more like an escort service or or even the girlfriend experience. Because a client, they wouldn't just purchase sex, that wasn't the point. You were supposed to buy a woman's company from the evening. So the women that were involved in this, the sex workers that were doing this, they had to be of a certain ilk. They had to be able to have a conversation. They had to be able to dance, which was incredibly important. You know, they had to know the lay of the land, make the appropriate, you know, comments, jokes, yada yada, and a lot of the time certain areas would be booked out, like gentlemen would book, like dance halls, like clubs would book, you know, these kind of areas and would have these kind of events so that they could spend an evening with the lady, adorn her with, you know, gifts and clothing and, you know, things that would make it not seem inappropriate to be together, because if a gentleman were taking a lady out on a night in the town, you know, it would have to have the appearance of respectability. And Mary Kelly herself, she often referred to this as her career. Like, she saw sex work as a career, whether she'd kind of leaned into its lot in life or whatever, that's what she did. She was generally comfortable at this point, so she would have jewels and clothing and she would be safe you know, to a certain point and she, again, it was relatively comfortable as far as the situation goes and although she wasn't like a courtesan who would have you know, very select like one or two clients she probably had a few repeat customers and that builds a level of trust and a level of intimacy Now, she ends up leaving her madam's house, the brothel, whatever you want to call it, and she ends up leaving. Now, she does say that she goes to Paris, didn't like it, and comes back. We don't know if this is correct. We don't know if she actually went to France. We don't know what happened there or why she left. There's, you know, theories that she was trafficked. There's theories that uh, she went there with... A gentleman who promised her the world and Mary Jane Kelly's personality just made that dissolve. So there's the the concept which did happen, you know, well-to-do escorts, sex workers, they were trafficked to France because English ladies were fun, it was a fad, it was, you know, the trendy thing. And so they would be taken and You know, it it would not be as pleasant a scenario as they had had before. I'm not saying the scenario before was pleasant by any means, but this was worse because, again, language barriers, unfamiliar locations, culture, etc. But then there's always the possibility that she went there with a man named... Was it Craig? This dude, anyway. She goes over and, you know, she gambled... She was loud, she had no secrets, and he was more reserved. And so, although life in Paris should be kind of fun, especially for her in that era because of of what Paris was then, you know, it was the place to be. I mean, it's still relatively the place to be, but it was just a very exciting, you know, place at that time. But for whatever reason, goes to France, comes back from France, and she doesn't go back to her original madam. We don't know why, where bridges burned was. Did an incident occur? We don't know exactly why she left. Was the madam the very reason she was trafficked? Was the madam mad that she had left to, you know, start her life with this man and thus leaving her, you know, her clients without one of their favourite pets? Whom's to say, yes, I know what I just said, but I am thinking of other perspectives and even though it makes my skin crawl. So, for whatever reason, Mary Jane Kelly is now in Ratcliffe. So the Ratcliffe Highway, it's in London, it's near the harbour. It's pretty busy, it's pretty crowded, there's always sailors and drunks and, you know, it's easy to hide there. But also, it's pretty easy to earn there. At the very least, she'd always have a full belly and, you know, a good drink. Now, it's at this point that we know Mary Kelly was drinking, whether she was drinking before and that had caused issues with her previous, you know, brothel. Again, just a possibility. But there she is. She's in the Ratcliffe Highway and she ends up renting this little brick cottage from this Dutch couple in, like, 1885? 1885? I say cottage, she basically rented a room in this brick house, right? And the owners, the original owner, her husband, used to rent out to ladies of the night, you know, to use for their clientele. And when he died, you know, the widow was like, eh, why, why ruin a good thing? May as well, you know, keep earning her money. Now, Elizabeth, who she rented from, she wasn't like a madam or procu- Sorry, a procuress. She wasn't any of these things, right? She was just a woman who rented some rooms. And it was whoever rented those rooms, it was up to them to find their own clientele. And so that's what Mary Jane did. It was easier for her. She could, you know, be more careful about who she was dealing with. And she was safe. Now, for the most part, you know, generally, Mary Jane Kelly was... Quiet and kind when sober but when she had a drink in her when she had alcohol, she was loud raucous again she held no secrets she gambled she she was not she was not great to be around and she caused so much trouble that she you know she basically gets evicted from this room and after this she moves into... The boarding house next door. Now, it's not that Mary Jane was, you know, drinking to excess all the time. It's just that when she did drink, she's generally what I like to refer to as a grumpy goose. I don't know if you've ever met a goose in real life, but A, they are terrifying and they, they will come at you. They will come at you when threatened. Even when not threatened, sometimes they just like to chase you. But yeah, once she's got a drink in her, She's an angry goose. She's honking. So, a year later, she meets Joseph Fleming. He is this 27 year old labourer, and he is apparently heads over heels over Mary Jane. And, you know, she seemed to care for him. They actually stay in contact for the rest of her life, but, you know, their relationship doesn't last too long. She moves in with him, you know, not that long after meeting him, so, I mean, it's some kind of stability. Which makes sense because, you know, she's dealt with enough and living with a man, as we know, as we've said before in many of these episodes, is the most secure option. So she even talks about how fond she is of him and she continues this for a long time. And so while she's living with him, she tries to quit, you know, sex work. She doesn't, you know, look for johns or clients. But for whatever reason, she's forced to, you know, go back into selling sex. Like, she has to do it. Apparently, it's the the only way of her earning. And the following year, she meets Joseph Barnett. Now, Joseph Barnett is one of our main sources of information about Mary Jane. Now, what she tells him and what she tells other people, it's information that we have to take with a pinch of salt. So she kind of settles down with Joseph number two. And there together and they move here and there over the course of a few months but then they end up getting the little one-room building in Miller's Court and that's like the spring of 88 so you know from 87 to 88 and they move in but what's really strange about this is that the tenancy is in Mary Jane Kelly's name not Joseph's which to be honest is really fucking weird for the era Because, you know, you would expect it to be in the man's name, but it was in Mary Jane's. We don't know why. We probably will never know why. But we do know that fact. So in Miller's court, Mary Jane would often talk to her neighbour. There was a young girl, and that's where we get another huge chunk of, you know, the information about her is what she tells this girl. And we hear about other girls coming up to her who are thinking about going into sex work, and she basically steers them away. She warns them against it, not because it's, you know, degrading or shameful or anything like that. It's because it's exhausting. Like she said herself, she was tired of it. And again, Mary Jane Kelly is still very, very young at this point. So life with Joseph Barnett isn't all, you know, peaches and cream because... He loses his job so he doesn't have an income and he can't get what he needs to get and so they're forced to rely on her going back to her career and engaging in sex work. Now can you imagine this is a woman who's already said she's tired of it, she doesn't want to do it anymore, she doesn't want to have to sell her body And circumstances have forced this upon her again. Because think about it, she went from a situation where she was safe and secure and she was living with this man to just having to put herself in danger again because she would be very well aware of the risk because she is a woman in 1880s London who is also incredibly aware of the ripper slayings, the Whitechapel murders. Like, she would have people tell her about them. And she was having to put herself in danger. Now, Barna also wasn't happy because Mary Jane was letting women stay in Miller's court. So instead of having them be out of the streets at night, she was letting people stay. Now, some people say that they were. But yeah, we don't have any definitive information on that. All we know is that she let women sleep in her house instead of having to be on the streets because she was afraid for them. So she was putting all this into play and then Barnet, he just can't be dealing with it. There's a fight. They were always having fights, especially when they drank and a window gets smashed. And the thing with this window is it gets like stuffed with like a rag or a cloth. It's just to keep the chill out because, at this point, it's not exactly the warmest time of year. But by offering her home to these women, she could very well have saved lives. Not just from, you know, the Whitechapel killer, but from the other dangers out on the streets. Yeah, Joseph wasn't super happy about this, but he couldn't really say anything because it was Mary Jane who had the roof over his head. She was paying for everything, it was in her name. But eventually it's too much for him and he leaves. But Joseph does pop back on November 8th, 1888 and she's chatting to her pal Lizzie. She'd been to the pub but she wasn't drunk. She wasn't like heavily intoxicated. She seemed very normal. And he says he came to tell her that he had nothing to offer her. He had, you know, no finances, no job, no nothing and they talk for an hour and he leaves. And the next time anyone sees Mary Jane, it's her neighbor Marianne, and she sees her about quarter to midnight, eleven forty-five, and she's going into her little apartment with a man, and she tells Marianne she's going to be singing, and she does sing, and they hear her singing for a bit. You now, about one o'clock in the morning, one of the neighbors is complaining about the fact that she's still singing, and she's so well, she's at it for like an hour and a bit, and then by two a.m. The dude is gone. Rinse, lather, repeat. Off he goes. And Mary Jane is out. Two o'clock in the morning. She's seen by a few people and she then is maybe seen being spoken to by another man. At some point that evening, Mary Jane Kelly makes her way home. She goes into mother's court. She folds her clothes neatly and she goes to bed. Fully in the belief that she's safe and sound because she's only worried about the Whitechapel killer and he killed people on the streets, so she had every reason to think she was going to wake up the next morning, but she didn't. And on November 9th, about 11 o'clock in the morning, the landlord sends one of his goons round to get the late rent from Mary Jane. But when Thomas gets there, knocks on the door and gets no response, he decides to take a look in the window. And that's when he sees the horrific mutilation of Mary Jane. When it came time to bury Mary Jane Kelly, because it was assumed she was Irish, there was a Catholic ceremony. And like, like Catherine Eddowes before her, even though she had no family to speak of, or that we know of, like, people lined the street. It was a massive, massive deal. And we talk about the less dead a lot, but Mary Jane Kelly was a very, a very interesting figure for, for this because she was kind of venerated. You know, people had this strange obsession with her, possibly because of how little we know about her because so much of her is a mystery and that's where all these conspiracy theories come from. But because she was young and supposedly beautiful and because she had been mutilated in such a horrific manner and because she was killed indoors, she becomes this weird symbol, this icon um, of this fallen woman and it could kind have of instigated the need for change in a lot. And Mary Jane Kelly is laid to rest under a name she preferred to use. Marie Jeanette. So I'm going to go into a little bit more detail now with one of my favourite history talk people and my special guest for this week's episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com.
2: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life
1: is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games.
0: Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: Ch-ch-chumba.
0: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for the New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places Somalia, Indonesia, We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian, Rana Mitter, joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th.
0: And there we have the host of the God's Favorites podcast and one of my first history talk friends actually melissa
1: hi i'm glad to be here because we're going to talk some true crime so i get to get my true crime fixed in now so we started off on tiktok as friends just because i was like oh she's got a history podcast and i have one and we bonded over our love of yeah a lot of things but specifically jack the ripper and then we also have have a Titanic thing. It's at this point, it's my second profession is Titanic. I do nothing but Titanic content for the entire month of April. So that's where my brain is. So it's going to be nice to have a little bit of um Jack the Ripper interlude here.
0: We have very particular opinions about Mary Kelly. Indeed.
1: So we we both know that Mary Jane Kelly is considered to be one of the, what they call the canonical five. I love the term ripperologist. It's it's kind of funny to me. Ripperology, they they consider those five victims, although I would say there are more than likely more than five. But you and I both think that Mary Jane Kelly is likely not part of that victimology, which is weird, I think, for some people because they always consider her like the final
0: death. I feel like either the rapper was somehow stopped before Mary Jane Kelly or just disappeared because this it's not it's not the same killer it's not I I don't care who it doesn't add up none of it makes sense
1: yeah I think like when we both were talking about this previously we both have this it's it's clearly gut instinct because you know you can't prove anything with the river crimes but it doesn't feel like the same guy it just doesn't because when you look at the crime scene photos, and, and please, if you're gonna Google that, don't do it at work and and just be prepared because Mary Jane Kelly's photos are terrifying. Um, that whole crime scene is terrifying. But when you really think about the condition of the bodies of the other victims, now granted that was also escalating, mm-hmm. but Mary Jane Kelly's death was so brutal and so violent that it just doesn't match with what I think the Ripper was after, which there's also like the process killer who enjoys the process, but this is just a person. He was trying to, you know, cut open and get organs out. And that was more of the Emma with the other victims, whereas Mary, Mary Jane was just uh, annihilated.
0: And there's so much rage. When you look at the others, they're so clean. They are displayed. Like they are out in the open. Every single one, you know, was out there. They wanted to be seen and this is heading away in a house.
1: Yeah, that's that's what always got me too, because he was so clearly proud of what he was doing, even when he got interrupted. And that's what we think happened with the double event: is that potentially the first killing was interrupted, or, or he ran after, mm-hmm. you know, the fourth victim, and he like an art project to him mm-hmm. more so than he. I don't think he got thrills out of the actual killing; it was the results. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane Kelly was annihilated and mutilated and and her face was just gone mm-hmm. like it was a, the most violent crime ever the arguments i've heard for her being canonical five is that well he just had more time but the thing is they were all public deaths not private mm-hmm. this was hidden away and then mary there's we don't know that much about mary's early life or things about her doesn't make any sense that this is the same person i just don't i've never thought that
0: And what I find really, I'm skipping forward a little bit, but there's a murder in New York of Carrie Brown, and it happens in a hotel, and it's very similar to the murder of Mary Jane Kelly in a room, It's very violent, very aggressive, it is of of a sex worker. You know, it's a very particular type of MO. Whereas every single one of these ripper slayings, anyone that's official, air quotes, there's just a careful like particularness about it. There's something just very clean. Everything about it is putting it on display. When they when they did it, they did it at night. They did it at a time where there wasn't really many people about, you know, walking the streets of Spitalfields or Whitechapel. Not at that time in the morning when they when these events would have happened. Between half one and three o'clock in the morning, which is roughly the sort of time frame when you look at it, nobody's around. You're lucky if the dock workers are even about. It's not as if he was going to get disturbed. It's not as if he was looking for somewhere to go away and do it. He always just kind of found the women in these. It always seems to be in nooks and crannies. And then very much puts them on display. Look at what I did. See what I have done. He would put their, their personal effects beside the body. He would lift the skirt up so everyone could see what a good job he'd done. Like he's, like you said, he's proud of this. Why would he then go and hide away and close the door? And
1: those other killings were silent. Like nobody really heard anything. Cause I'm, I'm thinking, you know, possible strangulation, something along those lines. But with Mary Kelly, we have this like interesting timeline where she's seen walking off with somebody. And we know that her apartment, there was a coat hanging over a broken window, probably mm-hmm. the, providing an entryway. And people heard her screaming Mm-hmm. But they ignored it because they thought, you know, it's Whitechapel in the morning. It's, they just didn't, you know, mm-hmm. quiet, ignoring it, whatever. That is not somebody behaving quietly. Be- mm-hmm. Like, bludgeoning a woman to death where she's screaming is not the same as strangling somebody and mm-hmm. pulling out their reproductive organs. It's just not the mm-hmm. same thing. So th- I'm I'm with you on the MO just does not match those other four killings. And I've always been bothered by this, and I don't know <laughs> why.
0: It's no, the sir. rage. It's, it's it's the fact that there's clearly anger behind it. And that's what always kind of bothered me about this specifically, is there's definitely, it feels more personal. Generally, when there's that amount of violent rage with something like this, it is a very personal, personal attack. To stab that many times, to bludgeon that many times, like, in the manner it happened, like, you knew that person. You wanted to hurt them specifically. To me, that's what it feels like.
1: It kind of feels like that to me too and we do know that like mary kelly had a had a, a person she was involved with i won't say like a, a boyfriend husband but they lived together they had relationships um and she had been seen with him the night before and they were always fighting and gotten tr- kicked out for of a, a flat that they were sharing together mm-hmm. um for like domestic violence and drinking so he sees her the night before mm-hmm. she dies and i'm always like well that feels kind of shady but you know and then mm-hmm. also just the fact that she was also seen with a man who was finally dressed. There's, there's, There are so many contradictory mm-hmm. reports about what Mary Jane Kelly was doing at night and it just doesn't make any sense. And I know that people think that this is just an escalation of behavior, but it, it's not escalation if the mode of killing mm-hmm. completely changes. It's just different.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not a step up. It's a complete shark jump. Escalating, you you know, it's the same, but more. It's like you see that with the rest of the killings. It starts off with, you know, sliced open, bits are pulled out. And then it's sliced open, stabbed, more parts are pulled out. More personal effects are on display. Like, it gets bigger, more grandiose, like, every single time. But there's, again, it's display, it's his art, Here is the extra I've done. Learning and getting that little bit more confident every single time. Again, it's meticulous. So when it comes to Mary Jane Kelly, it just feels like such a, it just feels off, which is very technical. (laughs) <laughs> it's
1: it, it, so say there's no the forensic evidence from this case has you know very much long been destroyed and it, it's impossible to track it down unless there's a confession letter that comes out at some point but i, I think about like the w- the witnesses that were interviewed about her and how they talked about you know, she was with the man and then one guy it was completely pitch black but this man they were talking to gives this he calls him Jewish uh, in appearance, which we all know that anti-Semitism was a big mm-hmm. problem in Whitechapel at this time. So that makes sense. But he also describes very, very strange, very particular things that it would have been, including like the like what was it, the color of his eye- eyes or mm-hmm. the color of his eyelashes. And it was dark.
0: Mm-hmm. It was pitch black.
1: In the, like this is a
0: smoggy London, like back street. It's a dodgy old work cottage.
1: You're not gonna see those details. So that always roused my, like, uh-huh, okay, where were you at when this happened? Because <laughs> he's, he's one of the last people who saw her alive. And I'm like, um, mm-hmm. anybody look at this? I think his name was Hutchinson. He was, like, giving this very detailed description with, you know, these very small gas lights. How How are you going to see from about 45 feet away... Mm-hmm. Not to mention he was, like, waiting outside of a place for her for 45 minutes, which is also creepy. And he's describing down to the T what this person was wearing. One, why were you out there waiting on her? Two, it's it's too specific, you know? Overkill on that one. There's just um,
0: all of these extra details that nobody asked for. Like, you know when someone lies and they yeah. just... Um, I know as a neurodivergent person, I have a habit of giving too many details, but that's a bit much even for someone like me. And the color of his eyelashes.
1: And and leaning into, because we all know the graffiti, um, whose body was that near? Um, one of the victims, I said the Jewish sort of people, the men who will not be blamed for nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear if it was, you know, just already there. And it's
0: misspelled as well, which is like yeah. somehow yes. worse, like the spelling is wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's I think it's supposed to be Jews, but it's J. I think it's j e Yes, Jewes, Oh, that that graffiti gets so much conspiracy theory talk going, like the Masonry and all that jazz. But it's like I'm thinking they're they're banking on the anti-Semitism to throw people off their trail, is what it feels like to me. That is just that's just plain bigotry. Yeah, it is plain and simple. But like the fact that that always alarmed me because he's he sees her. She asks him for money. And he's like, "Nah, go on." And he waves her off, but he waits
0: outside for forty-five minutes for her. Why? Why? (laughs) Why are you waiting? In the morning, I think six weeks or twelve weeks. She's like so many weeks behind on her rent. Yes, for the house for the wee room that she's renting, which is in her name, not her like on-off partner. Was it James Barnett? Barnett is handling
1: Barnett, Barnett. Barnett? yes, Barnett. Sorry, look at that Barnett. Uh, Yeah, he had been helping her out when he could, and but he had seen her the night before. So that's the other thing. I'm like, so there's Mm -hmm. there's two people who have seen this woman in the last 24 to 48 hours of her life, and imagine knowing about where she lived and how the lock was broken and how she had to you know have a little bit of glass that she covered up with a coat like a curtain. Mm -hmm. And there's like like somehow they just get in there and go crazy. And yeah. it's and it's loud and people hear it, but they're not thinking anything of it because, you know, people are drunk in the middle of the night. And, watch yeah, it. and <laughs> if you're right. known for I mean.
0: being like, she's yeah. been thrown out of places for having domestic arguments, you know, exactly. like, right. there is that little bit of, oh, it's just them down the road. It's just them having another fight, another lover's quarrel. And it's like, oh, she's being dramatic. And especially there was like gangs and stuff going about at the same time. So some people would just not want to get involved in that. Yeah. And I think, you I mean, you're hearing people scream because there's a lot of
1: crime and you, you're you used to it. I don't think they're like, if it's only like a scream and you hear a thud and you're like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. And go back to sleep. They're not mm-hmm. thinking about it. They're not going to, that doesn't, like, I think of the roommate in this recent Idaho killing who didn't think anything was amiss when she heard a thud. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a party house. Yeah. So people are out here all the time. It's kind of the same thing. Just mm-hmm. like they're, they're hearing screams and everything constantly around the clock and they, there wouldn't have been a reason to automatically assume that anything was amiss mm-hmm. in that regard. I know that's, a lot of people are like, why did, why did nobody come help? Because that was just the East End. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> that's just East background
0: End. noise. That's the white noise they went to say. Exactly. Oh, somebody's being punched and somebody's screaming. That is Whitechapel ASMR. Down in Mother's Court, like, that's just how things were. I mean, when you think of who's all staying in those cottages and, you know, everything that's going on out with that, it's just noise and then by what whatever stupid o'clock in the morning, you're gonna have the warehouse workers and the dock workers bumbling about and going and anyway you're gonna hear them going past. Like like you're gonna have noise pretty consistently. It's gonna be, you know, a surprise for there not to be any kind of happenings happening. I mean, what you're used to,
1: and I mean I say that just like you know, like I was talking about the roommate, just when you're around those noises and like you're in a college town or you're in Um, a bad part of town you're going to hear stuff and it's just like mind your business Mm. or you know lock your door and don't pay any attention to it Um, that's just the way you're taught to keep yourself safe and just I'm going to stay in my room I'm not investigating so there was no reason for them to think anything was amiss until they find Mm. her the next morning yeah it's very graphic discovery
0: yeah if anyone is going to look up those crime scene photos don't do it before bed either
2: Uh (laughs) (laughs) you might have nightmares. nightmares
1: You, um Mary Jane, had no face when this was over with. And I'm pretty sure now that having looked up these photos, I'm probably on some sort of government watch
0: list at this point. I, I maintain I have I have somebody from the CIA and someone from like the
1: MI5 just
0: <laughs> watching me because some of my search history
1: is... Oh, for sure. Uh, If my search history ever gets brought up for any reason, I'm a, I'm a goner with some of the stuff I've looked up from history, but I remember the first time I saw this and I was in my twenties, I was nauseous. I was just about to throw up because I have never seen anything and they're not even, this is bad in black and white. This Mm -hmm. is bad in black and white, which tells you that's bad when you can see how bad it is in a black and white photo. Mm. I mean, blood soaked room. This was, it
0: feels personal. And there's it's just bits whole- of her are just hanging off, like the way that her. I think isn't it one of one of her joints is basically like you it's can- just held down by like a sinew or a tendon or something. It's very, it's very you you
1: aggressive. The, yeah, very aggressive, and you can see the the her eye sockets, mm. um, with the skull. You, you're seeing her her skull because her mm-hmm. face is gone. It's one of the most graphic things I've ever seen. But th- to me, comparing that to Anybody else in this, you know, canonical five, the group, mm-hmm. nothing like that. It's not, a, he wasn't Jack the Smasher, he was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And that always bothers me. And it's just because the other ones, he's not like destroying the face necessarily. He's mm-hmm. not doing anything except, you know, disemboweling. It's um, the throat, the throat gets sliced. Yeah. They like, they throw, so it's quiet. And then he kills them quickly. It's not it's a practical. Yeah, it's a practical, you know, process of let's let me kill you as quickly as possible so I can do what I want to do, which is take out your uterus or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: versus Mary Jane, who is Slashed.
0: Yeah, she's she just pummeled. She's crushed. Makes like, zero sense. There's nothing smart about it. Like, and that's just like everything about it is so precise with all the other all the other victims. And this is just so much going on, which it's a juxtaposition to the rest yeah. of the killings.
1: And you think about when they they found Barnett, um, Joseph Barnett, her her mm. partner. He had to identify her body, but he could only do it by the eyes and the mm. ear. That's all he could do was say, "Yeah, that's her." And from the those. color of her dyed hair, her, she, yeah, like she put exactly. Hannah
0: in it or something. So hair. like
1: red hair. I think I think she it's know, like
0: she. I think there was something about her putting a there was like a red hue to it. So she put yeah. like a wash, so just to kind of make her seem more.
1: Yeah, and he had to like that was the only. Thing he was able to identify her as because you can't the mutilation there was the most and most people are trying to say that's because he had the time he had time he's in a room where nobody is going to walk in
0: and why wouldn't the mutilation be more careful yeah like if he had the time why would he not have very carefully dissected her mm-hmm. entire body in a very careful fashion if if why didn't he take his time if he had the time why this is clearly rushed? Because yes. there's no way you stab somebody slowly like that. Not with the manner in which her face, her face is, is gone. Yeah, yeah. Gone. It always
1: bothers me. It's just gone. There's and no. And the jaw is just sort of hanging. It's, oh. it's it's one of the worst things I have ever seen. Now, of course, he is doing like all the things to the you know get like mm. the stabbing and the you know cutting her intestines. But it's not the surgical precision we were getting accustomed to mm. in these. And if mm-hmm. you had the time and that is your MO, why isn't he just performing a surgery? Why isn't he just doing it with that time he has instead of, unless she did something to make him angry or something, but it's just very, very unlike what we saw. So I have always had this little gut instinct, which I guess that's a terrible f- phrasing right now, gut instinct, but exactly. it's gut instinct. it was somebody
0: else that it was not... And it's personal. It's personal. It's personal. Okay. Every single other one of the killings, they were just convenient more than anything else. And this just feels like a very, very personal killing. I always think whoever came in came when she was asleep because her clothes are neatly folded, like right. on her wee thing. Or a
1: medical examiner or some bride mm. who was like, this is not performed by somebody who had training.
0: Yeah, this is not a, this is not a this cut is of, not. by somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. Like here's the not- thing, a butcher would have done a better job.
1: Exactly. And he's like, yeah, it's not the same as the other cases where it was very surgical and anatomical. Mm-hmm. This was just hate. This was pure hate. And I don't know how somebody would escalate that far out of their normal MO of killing somebody. Just,
0: again, to me, it's very similar to the murder of Carrie Brown, if you, if you look it up. It's just, she's in this hotel and she's just completely, I mean, it's not as aggressive as Mary Jane's was. But I, I still have, I always have the feeling that Mary Jane, this is just my personal opinion, that someone came in while she was sleeping and they were getting ready to like stab her anyway, but she wakes up. Like that's my kind of theory. And there's a little bit of a, and this is what causes that little bit of a rage. I say a little bit of a rage, that massive rage, is she wakes up and this person's like, hell no, stab, 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 stab. Like yeah. no. I mean, these are hardy Victorian women. Like at least yeah. someone back, who's known yeah. for this. And if she Someone had defensive wounds, you wouldn't know by the time she was just smushed. Like Ugh. I don't, she's yeah. practically liquefied in places. You know. So it
1: it never made sense to me. I know, and I've, i every time I number one, I, I will never think Jack the Ripper was a woman. I, I know that's a theory. I will never cause the strength to battle, with these because these women could have fought back against a mm-hmm. woman pretty easily they're all very like you said hardy women and she had held her own in fights with barnet before she had (laughs) many many a quarrel i i'm with you i think she was surprised i think you know it was she woke up maybe or
0: and maybe she didn't wake up and the person was just full of rage anyway but it was just such a particular it's just there's so much anger behind it It bothers me so much it bothers
1: me too and I love that we bonded over this because, like, yeah, <laughs> there's just, the, the most frustrating thing about the Jack the Ripper case is that there is no way to know now. No. Um, too much time has passed. It will never be solved. I mean, I think they tried to say it was someone.
0: even. Oh, they the try evidence. and do it every few years. Oh, they're like, they oh, it's Humphrey. Oh, it was Secret. Oh, swear it's to God, if I have to hear Indeed, another thing about sickert, yeah. I swear to God. I kind of enjoyed the sickert stuff, but <laughs> I don't think it's him, but no, I think or, it's because or- or I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then it was like, this is the reason why. And I went, Oh, this makes sense from like a criminal criminological perspective. Right. And I'm like, this is great. But then it became like this is definitely the thing. And then this is because of this scarf. And then the DNA is rare, except it wasn't rare and Indeed, it's just it's not real and
1: it's also degraded. And Sickert just strikes me as, like, a, before the, he's a true crime fan before a true crime podcast existed, and he's yeah. just, like, getting an outlet with his art. So I don't know, and th- that is the most frustrating thing, that anybody who says they solved it is full of
0: shit, because we will never know who did it. Nobody we- has solved anything. We're never gonna solve it, and, like, part of me just feels like, like, I go through this whole, like, period of where I go, I don't, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't care who he is at this point. I don't care. Like, I just get these stages where I'm just like,
1: oh. That's why like, when I did the series, I did a, a video on each woman because I'm like, look, we can talk about the suspects, but the mm-hmm. list of suspects is exponentially long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a billion conspiracy theories out there on who it was. But the fact is that whoever it was, if it was more than one person, it, it was five women mm-hmm. who were just out and killed. And that's that's the story. Not yeah. a mysterious men with the hat. Yeah.
0: And it's awesome. like, why, why does this one person matter more than the five lives exactly. or more that he snuffed out?
1: That's why that book, the, the book five is so the, yeah. the five is yeah, because you're you're talking about their lives and who they were. Mm-hmm. Mary Kelly had this like fascinating background. I mean, we don't know a lot everything about these women mm-hmm. just because of their record keeping and you know their personal life, and a lot of it is anecdotal, so we can't really verify how much of it is true. But mm-hmm. she's one who actually she was like traveling around Europe. She she. Mm-hmm. she worked as a sex worker she was actually like at one point a very very high yeah it was very strange because she went from
0: like this very high area and then ended up in the spittle
1: fields the alcoholism and the addiction that was there also play a huge Mm -hmm. part of it And that's that whole concept of the less dead as they call it which is the people who are going to not be missed as much it's what we see that today now with Mm
0: -hmm. oh yeah we still we see it everywhere i mean that's where i don't know if you ever listened to the podcast the fall Line. I, I have heard it's good. I haven't listened to it, though. It, it is very good. And it's all to do with all of these people that have just basically fallen to the cracks in this in this area. And it's just one of those things that always and I'm more interested with, in those stories. And like you people. see that with
1: the like missing murdered indigenous women and two spirit mm. people in the United States and, and Canada with the that that's those cases are not getting investigated the way they should. So that is a lot of what you see here with Mary Jane Kelly and these other and Annie Chapman, all these women. Mm because they they were considered less dead mm-hmm. because of what they did for a living or their situ- I, know, I know there's some questioning of whether or not they were all sex workers or if it was just like a casual sex worker mm-hmm. thing trading favors and it shouldn't matter. It's just that somebody was going around and preying on women that they thought and they got away with it and that's the yeah. most infuriating part of the whole thing. And while I, I, I love listening to theories, I think that that is the focus is that somebody just hated women and yeah. that should be the focus and we should be honoring them but that being said some of the conspiracy theories are insane
0: and i'm like of them, you people so what that? if them was like queen victoria did queen it Victoria's and i'm like his grandson really? oh the, but God. that was my the worst one was like people like queen victoria actually did it herself i was like
2: <laughs>
0: what what Victoria she, wouldn't leave her trying house. to tell me her really you, you think no. somebody wouldn't have
1: noticed her walking down the street really oh yes I mean- oh your majesty let me just no i did love the um oh the movie um murder by decree with uh, christopher Plummer, where that's the sherlock holmes and that's the theory that mm-hmm. they're running with the, the mason the freemason stuff ah, yes it's very entertaining um but that theory is so silly mm-hmm. to me um number one she would you know deny 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 yeah. any sort of you know, relationship between a, a sex worker and her grandson, if that were the case. And two, it's just mm. the royals don't get their hands dirty. We know better. But also there's like the the H.H. The H. Holmes theory him being one of the most prolific serial killers in America in history um, with his murder hotel. He's a fascinator too. There's a lot of rumors that it's him, but they have de- debunked that time and time again that yeah. he was not. So you keep seeing this come up and I'm just poisoner.
0: like- a Like it's this different MO as well.
1: Like it's- He's a different MO and he was not killing for pleasure. He was killing to sell the skeletons to make money- mm-hmm terrifying that that was a thing in American history at all but I mean in, it's just like mm, let's dig up a grave or body snatching was a very lucrative business for H.H. H. Holmes but he totally enjoyed the um mm-hmm. torment but I don't think it's the same
0: thing at all and H.H. H. Just- Holmes it's like Chapman as well like the Lambeth Poisoner it's like yeah the Poisoner isn't about to go gutting people
1: he's t- not a ripper It's just not a ripper It's not a ripper <laughs> I'm glad we have bonded over that specific <laughs> because i'm just like i thought i was the only one who thought that and it's such a part of like mary jane kelly is such a part of ripper lore that some people are like hesitant to let it go but i'm like there's no. people
0: get so mad about it when you challenge you know i hate yeah. i actually hate the term ripperologist so much because because <laughs> as someone who like when i was much younger when i was like a teenager i was like i wanted to be like a ripperologist because i loved like Clearly I have issues because I have an obsession with historical true crime Something's wrong it's in right. my noggin Because I was just so into like Ripperology I was into the, everything about it was just fascinating Again a lot of it is because it's unsolved You know and it, there's so many theories And there's so many options And you know all these other factors come into it And I was kind of obsessed I say kind of I was in fact obsessed My father bought me a book A case book of Jack the Ripper It had like photos I'm sorry, inside a kid's, a kid's book of Jack the Ripper No 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 no, no. my father Bought me at 12 years old an adult
1: book with pictures oh, of Oh, it was clothes. an adult book? I thought somebody out there was making a children's book yeah. about Charlie the Ripper. I was like, what is that? Could you imagine? I would thing? like that. Oh my God. Little Ripper in Whitechapel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a golden book. And I would be... <laughs> <laughs> This isn't oh, my no. knife.
0: It's too shiny. <laughs> it's too shiny. Let me get it <laughs> all bloody. And oh, those little oh that would touch books. You go in. This it's isn't my a, knife. Not what it sounds. It's sound. too rough. <laughs>
1: i think we may be on to something if it doesn't exist we should write it i mean they have a we daughter- have come up with a great children's book let me tell you penguin yeah. random house about. they have a donor- they have a donner party you know full-out cannibalism children's book one of my mm-hmm. friends showed it to me and i was like that's actually brilliant <laughs> the <Daughter> party they <laughs> had have have a good them. time you know i think that this is one of those things that all women get into not because mm-hmm. of the violence toward the women but because they're like they, they're so obsessed with the story and like why i don't i don't even know exactly why but i feel like we all are like protective of these victims when we look back mm-hmm. at it now We're like the, you know the older we get the more we realize that that is the focus and not this yeah and we have given a moniker mm-hmm. he's got good branding and that's about but really other than that you know he may have still been operating somewhere else he may have done that but we we will never no. And we'll never know,
0: like, because violence against women then and who knows, even now, like it was never seen as a big deal. Right. So when he escalated to the point of of the first canonical victim, we have no idea who came before. Right. Like the worst thing is about the Ripper slayings is that they're not even they weren't even the only ones happening in London at the time. You had the torso murders, you had the West Ham vanishings, you know, you had all of these different like killers running at the same time like the current place where scotland yard is now they found a torso there like it's an and you can see it on the jack the ripper walking (laughs) (laughs) tour. thank you right there there. and here was a
1: body right there and uh, you know part of of me felt like uh i should be ashamed of that but it was actually very interesting but yeah we walked right by the new scotland yard Mm -hmm. oh and there's a torso
0: there oh wonderful
1: thank you uh not related
0: but yeah so like there was like even then several killers were running at the same time it's not wasn't you you just had better publicity and the penny why do do you think why do you think that jack is the
1: one that everybody's focused on just the mist i don't i can't i could never really put a
0: good answer to that myself it's a very strange thing i think any any sort of unsolved crime people obsess over because every everybody wants an answer Like, it's a a very human thing to want to resolve something, to have the information, to find out who did it. And I think some people are just so determined to be the person who figures it out as well. A lot of men, especially, I've noticed.
1: It's always men. (laughs) They think they know. They think they know. And it would not hold up in a court. Mm. With what's the evidence? I mean, the forensic evidence long gone. A lot of it is, you know, no eyewitnesses. There's no DNA on bodies. We're not mm-hmm. going to be exhuming any of these victims. And I'd say most of them weren't even very well preserved in terms of being, you know, yeah, uh, preserved by the funeral director, because we, you're not going to see that. You're just not going to see that. This They would have been buried. Mm-hmm. I'd, that forensic evidence is gone. You cannot prove this. And it's fine to theorize, but a lot of times it just gets to the point where people are so passionate that they're correct. That it makes me crazy. I'm like, you're not, we don't know. We will just never know, but that's not the point.
0: Yeah. And then you've got the people who refuse to hear anything out with their their belief system at all. Huh. I wonder what that sounds like. But you know, they're just so they're just so it's like a horse with the blinkers on. They're staring down this road. They're not seeing anything either side. Doesn't matter what's coming in, there's no peripheral there. And they're just so determined. There seems and- to be a personality type where they're like, my theory
1: is right, and they stay so gung-ho to that theory that that becomes their personality, like the Kaminsky people with the shawl. And I'm like, oh, God. you mean there was DNA on the shawl of a sex worker? We'll all be damned. Oh, what? what? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my like, God. Oh, Kill horror. Yeah, no, it's just... Uh,
0: I think that reprologists specifically do not care about the women. No, they don't. They don't care about... It's like they don't care about what caused them to be there or why they were in there at the time and what led to their deaths. Or, you know, the fact that they were actual human beings with thoughts and emotions and families and everything else that went with that. One of my favorite podcasts, I think you know this about me, is the last
1: podcast on the left and they did a fantastic Jack the Ripper series. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate it because it's one of the first time I've ever heard men doing this story where they, they acknowledge that this was the less dead in in action. Mm-hmm. at That principle of... They were sex workers, so people didn't care as much. But then they also focused a lot mm-hmm. of information coming about these women. And I think mm-hmm. that's the most important thing to do because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who did it. That guy's a piece of garbage. Um, it's that five women lost their- well. Trash trash. trash, trash, Jack's trash. Um Jack and- is trash. I'm putting that on a t-shirt. A t- <laughs> oh, it's like merch. Yes. Um, but him and then those five women lost their royal lives for no reason except for nasty misogynistic douchebaggery that's, that's what I'm douchebaggery um, and that's the saddest thing out of this whole thing but yeah as as for Mary Jane Kelly I don't I, I have a, I have thoughts on who it is but
0: I'm like okay I don't I'm convinced know. it had to be I'm convinced it had to be the on either the on off partner or that creepy stalker dude I'm sorry I, but it's just I really
1: think it's Hutchinson but the, the boyfriend being around the, the partner being around also had me like he was around the day before she got killed. but she, They're just... yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just you know, saying, if you're waiting for it,
0: usually the boyfriend did it. And if it's not the, boy the boyfriend, did it or the, stalker. Or the stalker creepy stalker
1: who was waiting for her 45 minutes oh, outside five minutes. the bar.
0: Like, mm. I said the 10 bells just That's waiting. like
1: just Just hanging outside the 10 well, bells, just waiting. I just you saw know. her, she, uh, waited outside for it and watched her walk off with somebody.
0: Why were you doing that? <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, it's... it's Cold. It's a cold night. Why would you be standing out there, like her, freezing your balls not... off?
1: What is that about? Watched her go home. He said, "With a, like, why are you following her home? What are you doing?" That that's the, the alarm bells for me in that case. It's but just... I lean towards Hutchinson, but like I say, we'll never know. And it's just an absolute abysmal loss of life for mm-hmm. literally no reason, except for men, men, men. Ugh, men. It's always men. men. It's always men
0: and no one will ever be able to convince me jack the ripper was a woman nobody i'm sorry no i mean it doesn't there's no, no way. way and it's always and you know what the funny thing is every every theory about it it's just it's all misogyny even because like every concept of a woman doing it is like it was a medwife. it was someone whose husband cheated on her, her so it's someone who could not have children it's like all of those are very misogynistic like reasons. And I'm like, that's generally not a reason that women would kill. And women are usually more careful killers. I, like, be, I Women are more likely to I, be poisoners. I, mean Victoria. I
1: would buy Queen Victoria before I would buy any of those other reasons. Everybody had syphilis back then. That was just the national pastime. Yeah, Everybody like,
0: had everyone had the pox and their brains were starting to rot because of it. Like it's, <laughs> Like it's an actual thing. Look it up. Their brains were rotting.
1: Just Victorian <laughs> brains. Victorian brains rotting away, but that's it's, it's it's infuriating to me. And I felt like yeah, I'm so glad we bonded over that because I felt like I was one of
0: the few people in the world who's like I don't. It's okay, think- I'm I'm with you because I, I remember I posted a video about it and you were just like yes in the comments oh just yes. so many exclamation marks. and I'm like finally someone <gasps> agrees with me. <laughs> just like it just
1: felt so wrong, and just Mary Kelly gets so, and she also gets the, uh, one of them, she's one of the more romanticized of the five. Um because mm-hmm. she's she's the star of all the conspiracy theories because apparently she was very beautiful, apparently, and very just a more fitting victim. So she gets put into these theories Well, she was theories. the youngest, she, wasn't she? She was the youngest, and she was apparently she very was... I mean, she was a high class sex worker, you know, mm-hmm. a higher level upper echelon sex worker in France, for, where she where she changed her name to Marie Jeanette, which I was like, okay. Uh, I you, mean, you, I get it. I right, get it. I like it. it. I liked also, very classy. Yes. She was very popular um but then she had this fall from grace and now it's like but because she's because she's the more beautiful of all the victims mm-hmm. probably and she, she's getting these judged by that you see this romanticizing of her putting her in the center of like you know you've seen the from hell movies i'm sure and she. She's I, have, I
0: have i have and the even the writer of the books sorry even yeah, the no. writer of the book said that you know he wrote this to deal with the trauma of his own mother's murder like that's a lot to unpack for him
1: sorry yeah <laughs> i mean I get down, I like, I'm like we don't have that board. much time to talk uh, about this this is clear. yeah <laughs> but have you
0: have you tried therapy buddy
1: <laughs> i love polyamore but i'm like oh dear
0: Instead of maybe romanticizing the mind you know of what, women have you considered
1: therapy, therapy. <laughs> the answer is usually no they haven't but it's let me just let no. me just drag down the legacy of another woman Romanticize this beyond compare to to the point where she's clearly part of a conspiracy theory because there's no other reason Mm. she would feel not like domestic violence or
0: just sexual violence and sadism. It's just not as if this happened, you know, for literal centuries. I mean, obviously millennia, but like really, I mean, even like even when you got like the Yorkshire Ripper slayings and things like that, which happened, and the Blackout Killer, and it's consistent. It's not as if it stopped. These crimes keep happening it's just tell as old as time and at the end of
1: the day it's the women that's the story they had they lost their lives for literally no reason other than whatever pleasure because men
0: wanted to hurt them yeah
1: Yeah, they want to hurt them and they thought because of who they are but i think it's just important for history creators when we're talking about it not just and and ripperologists if they're listening listen to me if Um, you are
0: listening and you aren't sending me (laughs) dead
1: yeah right if you're not gonna leave mean tiktok comments (laughs) I mean, just, that's, that should be the focus. That should always be the focus mm-hmm. for those five women. And I was so grateful when that book came out, the five that I, I was like, thank God, because now that's what we should be focusing on. Yeah,
0: I, I, I'm always, I, there was a turning point for me. I don't know when it was. And it was because I do follow a lot of, a lot of historical true crime specifically. I find it easier to digest in a way, I think, just because it is so far back and because history is kind of my thing. Uh, it's very much, we should always see crime as victim first like Mm -hmm. victim first perpetrator second although sometimes that's the same person the victim and the perpetrator are the same person which is another (laughs) whole thing to deal (laughs) with yeah switch it around role reversal which is um as i like to call it women who poisoned their husbands at the turn of the century (laughs) they tend to be both victims and perpetrators There is usually a reason they gave him arsenic
1: yeah, so it, that's that's the only thing I have ever taken away from this. Not that because at the end of the day, it does not matter who Jack the Ripper was. He is pathetic, and we should not. I think it's fine to theorize. I think it's fine, but that should never, never, never be the focus of this entire thing.
0: Mm-hmm. The focus should and, be the women, and don't look
1: up those pictures at work. No work, work, work. Uh,
0: not on a shared computer. Yeah, um, not it's anywhere NSFM. where you're being um surveyed in any way, because that's
1: no, not before bed. Um, and just not in public transport where people can oh, see. Oh, don't
0: phone. do it, no. Nothing really. like that. No. no. Keep, <laughs> keep that to keep that oh to yourself. God. It's just like don't don't look at any any old-time crime photos. Don't look at any of them at all. Ugh. Anywhere no. Private <laughs> alone, preferably daylight. In, just incognito mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> we should stop giving stop stop giving them ideas. <laughs> All right. It's so probably should Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> All okay. right.
1: Okay. That was fun. I think. Anything that else? Was fun. That was fun. That was we fun. We should do
0: something like this again in the future when I'm slightly more oh, call me when you do the Yorkshire Ripper. We'll do that. <laughs> the Yorkshire Ripper, the blackout killer. I'll just start. I'll just start finding weird...
1: Let me tell you about time. this. I'll be
0: like emailing you these. And now I'm going, going to look up. The, we're, we're going to look up. i
1: have been looking up the Carrie Brown because I I wasn't familiar. to, I mean, I, I had heard about it, but I hadn't seen. Um, I just the... think it. It's more. Oh, it's pretty similar. Yeah, I think I think. Yeah, you're it's right. it's
0: it's closer to the Mary Jane Kelly sling than any of the Whitechapel. She's kind of positioned the
1: same way too, in terms of the head being to the side and body. Being, yeah, it's, it's yeah, inter- that's interesting.
0: Interesting, and um, it's very interesting to uh, to, to sidebar for a second. It's, um they, they kept calling the person that was in the room with her Frenchie but Frenchie was a term for anybody foreign it wasn't necessarily French could have been <laughs> Italian could have been German could have been Belgium could have been Dutch it doesn't matter they were just Frenchy Frenchie and then when you think of uh, not to talk about it again but the concept of who who Jack Ripper was a lot mm-hmm. of the original theories they either revolve around misogyny or um just general xenophobia and anti-semitism. Right. Because, because when you re- think about Whitechapel, was an area for immigrants, really. People just kind yeah. of ended up there. And that's where a lot of it, you know, Leather Apron became Jack the Ripper because of Spring heeled Jack by Charles Dickens. It's a whole thing. Penny Dreadfuls, damn it.
1: I, lo- I love the story of Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> <laughs> like random as a wing. Uh but that's too good. But no, and and you'll see that the the people who were pushing used like the anti-Semitism and and, and xenophobia against people to accuse mm. them of it. it's just a hard because thing.
0: it's yes. the whole thing of like the whole concept of copy and paste comes from like they would literally cut bits out of the newspaper, stick it onto the new printer and they, and they would just that's how they would reprint. Because you know, like if you've got they didn't have you know, reporters in every area. It was generally like someone right. from the Times would come down, but you know they have their own bigotry and bias and prejudice. You know, and and that's very much seen in what was there. And a lot of the information we have is like from the Illustrated Police News, and that was just like let's draw pictures of what we think happened. It's a whole. Uh, it's just a whole mess, really. It's like my actual my actual area of specialties, specialty is expertise. Jesus, I can't say words today. Is the rise of sensationalism and the use of print as propaganda in the late modern period. So like yellow journalism is just the... So you know, that's my jam. It's
1: one of my passions just because the fact that... And I, I talk about it a lot in, when I talk about the Titanic because what happened after that was that Hearst... Mm. really had it out for Jay bruce May they were feuding i don't know what caused the feud i would love to know mm. but so he immediately like starts lambasting him and he's like he should be charged with murder like in cartoons with mm-hmm. Jay bruce ismay and i'm like bro sh- that's not that's not journalism mm-hmm. chill chill so you see that so much it's kind of it's uh know, we're just like yeah.
0: printing it and just like yeah. what well, we can okay like it's- oh i can just make this up yeah, basically, it was it just consistently not. like like that kind of situation. And yeah. that's what I found really fascinating because, like, and also, they would just, reporters used to show up on crime scenes with the police. Yeah. They would just be able to it's tell not- everything. So you would get all these details that you and wouldn't yeah, get in yeah. other places as well, which is
1: like, that's why it's so tempered and controlled now between especially in the states with you law enforcement hires media liaisons mm-hmm. to deal with the press and then they have these things that they're going to keep quiet they're not going to let you get on scene yeah because you, and, they
0: want to solve the crime yeah i mean you'd hope so, you hope they, they want to solve the crime yeah.
1: <laughs> hope they do too but yeah no, it's uh, the press has thankfully come a long way from that but at the time yeah it was just you could just say what you wanted yeah <laughs> you could just no you could just print whatever you wanted it didn't matter nobody was gonna call you on it buy a newspaper and just destroy your enemies that's that's how that works and that's how but her that's it, even was
0: at it. the time like Absolutely. when you go back to that sort of in the victorian era like some newspapers would run like three weeks and then just end like okay. newspapers would exist for like yes. a fortnight really. and go away again okay. like a month sometimes they would just come and go because people mm. would just buy newspapers and then try sell them and then not sell them or, you know, it, things would just go awry. It was oh, just it's funny. It's just funny. Like, they would just yeah. come and go. So it some things just ne- wouldn't necessarily have to be correct anyway. Um, being a journalist
1: now, like, and, you know, we have that whole different set of ethical guidelines now. But, mm-hmm. like, sometimes I just get, so I'm like, how did they even get away with half the stuff they
0: did? <laughs> like, just, oh, yeah. Oh, there's we just, just make up, yeah some of the stuff you up read numbers
1: making up it's just they did what they wanted to and they could just mm-hmm. say I, I had a source and you didn't have to identify who the source was or you mm-hmm. you know you just literally lie and yeah, it was fun i have
0: a source do you
1: i am yes. the source <laughs> That's my source hello what happened yeah <laughs>
0: Um, kill hand <laughs> well, we're
1: just like doing hand puppets <laughs> just like yeah yes. <laughs> what, was it? what do you think whackas Boncas? you know <laughs> oh
0: nice. ah, yes yeah. snuffleupagus, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Not> snuffleupagus. <laughs> but, yeah it's just the sensationalism of like the victorian period and you know Edwardian stuff and it, like these eight from like the 1870s to the like 1930s 40s 50s was just
0: yeah, I think once it, it hit, once it started hitting the 60s, things started evening out yeah. a little bit, but yeah. even then, it was... Well, you yeah. know, the press is a good thing, but sometimes... I mean, I could say that. I say that as if the Daily Mail doesn't exist, like, you
1: know? <laughs> Listen, we have Fox here, it's fine. Fox and Friends. The Enquirer. <laughs> no, that's just... Ugh. Anyway, not the Enquirer. My grandmother used to keep those all piled up by the bed, and I'm like, oh, okay. Or, like, the Weekly World News with all the alien stories. That's good stuff. But yeah alas we shall never know who jack the ripper is sadly and i
0: don't think it really matters who he was because he was just a dick trash trash jack is trash
1: buy those shirts on our merch (laughs) (laughs)
0: get it on a sticker put it on your cup
1: (laughs) jack the ripper was trash i like it hey katie that was fun all right all right thank you melissa for joining me you are so welcome that was fun We'll find something else. Just remember, Jack's trash. Jack is trash.
0: All right. <laughs> and I am going to end this now. Here we All go. Great. Right. Uh, that's my happy pigeon sound because I could not figure out how to do a sound effect. Uh, I just don't have any on me, and I'm very tired because I'm editing this so late at night. And that was the wonderful Melissa Fair Lady from the God's Favourites podcast and on TikTok. If you're on History Talk, you know her. If you're not on History Talk, go watch her. That is your recommendation from me this week. Watch her TikToks and her Instagram and listen to her podcast. It's fantastic. So what I am going to say, though, before we end this episode, is I want to talk about one, apologize if the sound quality is poor because this is my first time doing a two-person thing and trying to edit on my end, so... mm-hmm. And secondly, although we don't know Mary Jane Kelly's, I don't know, history, her real life, her her real name, because all the clues point to the fact that we don't, however, we can at least take solace in the fact that whomever the Whitechapel killer was, whoever Jack may be, as someone called Jackass the Ripper. Here's the thing about Jackass the Ripper, is that we don't know his real name. Whatever he was trying to do, whatever he was trying to prove, whatever innate hatred he had that he was trying to push out in the world, his name is not known. The man wielding the knife? We don't know who that is. And frankly, I think we shouldn't find out, because... I don't think it matters. I don't think he deserves to have his name known, whether an in infamy or not. And at the end of the day, whoever did kill Mary Jane and these other women, whether they were the same person, which I doubt, or multiple people, which I genuinely believe, then they are sad, pathetic men who hate women. And they are not worthy of our time. What is worthy of our time is learning the stories of people who suffered, who dealt with this, who had to live in these conditions. And they say history is repeating, you know, those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. And that's right. And we need to make sure we don't repeat it because people, society, everybody deserves better. The marginalised on the fringes of society, people who are pushed down, minorities, they deserve better. And if you don't believe that, you are part of the problem. Now go listen to Melissa and her amazing stuff. I'm going to go now because it's very late and I need to get to sleep because I need to edit this and it's so, so long. But I am going to say adios, au revoir, au revoir, my friends. Bye bye.